This episode of the Cascadian Beer Podcast has been made possible by the BC Ale Trail. Arrive thirsty, leave inspired at the bcaletrail.ca. Welcome to the Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name's Aaron and I'm a Cascadian. In this podcast series, I profile the unique breweries around Cascadia, a region that has a strong presence in the international beer scene. Cascadia is a bioregion in the Pacific Northwest and the North American continent. It's made up of the U.S. states of Washington and Oregon, as well as the Canadian province of British Columbia. If this is your first time here, welcome. I really hope you do enjoy the following episode. And if you like it, please hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app. That way you'll never miss a show. East Van, or better known in the beer community as Yeast Van, is a major craft beer center in Vancouver, British Columbia. One brewery in particular in this neighborhood is Andina Brewing Company. They're about to celebrate their third birthday. Andina mixes the founder's heritage with creative experimental flavors for their beers. In a bit, I'll be chatting with their brewmaster. But first, I sat down with one of the co-owners. My name is Andres Amaya, and I am co-owner of Andina Brewing Company. All right. And how long has Andina been open in existence for? For Well, it was founded in 2015, mm-hmm. but we opened our doors in 2017. So March 1st of 2020 is going to be three years exactly. All right. Yeah. All right. And a bit of time there between... Three years. Yeah. 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 A, yeah. Bit, a, a bit, well, from... Planning and then opening. So planning was tough. Yeah, I yeah. mean, opening was tougher as well. Yeah. yeah. But uh, how did beer find you? Well, it was actually when I when I first arrived here in Canada, which was 21 years ago, we started drinking with my brother the usual uh, Fond du Monde and Trappistol mm-hmm. and and that stuff, and we started liking uh, beer back when, and off and on drinking different various beers until we really got into craft and really found what, you know, what craft was, was about. Mm-hmm. One night we were drinking in my brother's basement and drinking beer, of course. And then we, we wanted to get into business. We wanted to really do something uh, different and be our own bo- bosses kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was actually my brother's idea. He said, why don't we make beer? We're drinking beer. We like beer. Why don't we make beer? And one thing led to another and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, like, uh, were you sold immediately? Like, yeah, let's open a brewery or, or, or did immediately. you? Immediately. Yeah. Oh, yeah. immediately. My yeah. first question, my, my first thing is like, well, we don't know how to brew. And he's like, well, we'll find somebody that can brew. We don't know anything about this. Well, we'll find somebody. True enough, we uh, found, you know, consultants that helped us build the brewery and with a whole bunch of things, right? Right. So, right. but uh, yeah, we don't know how to brew, but. We're into into brewing, I guess, into, well, into found, beer. Yeah, you found a great brewer, so <laughs> there you go. We are really happy about that because uh, we needed to to find somebody who could bring a lot of creativity mm-hmm. that we didn't have before. Mm-hmm. And Ben happened sort of by accident, which is uh, good for us. 
Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's good for Ben as well. Mm-hmm. But um, Ben was brewing out of Callister and uh, he wanted to do contract brewing here. I had tried his products. I liked his bombastic beer and some others. Um, and then I approached Ben. I said, hey, we're in the lookout for a brewer. Do you want to come and join our team instead of contract brewing? And we sat down and sort of that's that's how it happened mm-hmm. but ben brings a lot of a lot of creativity which that's where when he's a great brewer number one mm-hmm. number two he's also a graphic designer i don't know if you know that but mm-hmm. he's also helped us change the labels and change a little bit of clean a little bit of uh of sort of the a little bit of the branding even though our branding is good but mm-hmm. we needed to solidify our labels and a whole bunch of other stuff so we we're lucky in that sense that we've uh, acquired Ben. And another thing is to attest to his creativity, we have, and I'm sure you've heard this, we have the Ben's Brew every Friday. Yep, yep. Where we tap a 50 uh, liter keg of Ben's Brew. Yeah, just a pilot, yeah. a pilot batch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, create, he creates some weird stuff, which some is good, some is not so good. But out of those Ben's Brews, we were able to do, for example, our new Cocolat, the, the toasted coconut stout, mm-hmm. came out of that. Uh, and there's a, a bunch of others that um, are lined up, like Blood Orange, uh, Pale Ale, I think, or IPA, one of those. And mm-hmm. um, he did one that I really liked, which was a lollipop IPA. So he saved all the candy from Halloween from his kids and did <laughs> and, and did a, and did an IPA, which was phenomenal. And he's done a lot of other words. So that is, you know, a, a validation of how creative Ben is. And yes, we're very, very fortunate. I'm sorry I expanded so, so much on this oh, question. Oh, no, 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 it's all good. <laughs> yeah. But um, but with Andina, I you know you were talking about your branding. You have a very clearly defined theme to the brewery, and yes. and, and what is that? Well, the the number one is uh, obviously South American inspired, right? Trying to bring our our South American heritage uh, infused with you know the 21 years of being here, so infused a little bit with the Canadian um, tradition. And when I say infuse, it's because there's really not a lot of craft in Colombia. Mm-hmm. So you think about Colombian or South American beer, it's your typical Pilsner lager, mm-hmm. no higher than 4.2. Anywhere in, anywhere in South America, you give them a 4.5, oh, this is a strong beer. <laughs> but um, so it's not the actual, the, the beer itself that comes from there, but everything else that encompasses our background and our food, our tradition, you know, the language, everything that that we wanted to bring and showcase a little bit about that. So that's number one. Number two is, uh, I'm not sure if you noticed, but there's not really a lot of breweries depicting a female, a female aspect of the brewery. Mm-hmm. And we want it strongly to be a female brewery. First of all, beer in Spanish, cerveza, it's female. So we want it not only in our in our logo, in our brand, but we want it, we want it to show a little bit of, of, uh, of that female side of, 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 of breweries. And again, you, there are not really a lot of breweries that to showcase a, a, f- a female, like a female type of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, that's number two, like, which I think are the two most important aspects. Mm-hmm. And, but like with that, um, you know, like Ben's been making some really fruity, flavorful things with right. South American fruits, right? Yep. So like, yeah. that's, that's a nice kind of direction that you Right. Take yeah. as a brewery. Yeah. So. Yeah. We wanted to, we started with the idea came about, you know, making some fruit beers based on other breweries that were making some fruit beers. So we, we started bringing some fruit from Colombia and, and, you know, Colombia has a lot of exotic fruit. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, we, we did one with, with Lulo, which is a really 
strange fruit, and we did a lulugosa, which went really, really well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, feijoa is another another fruit that it's basically people don't know about it. And mm-hmm. we we started exploring a lot of that. And for some reason, the guava was one of the killer ones. And uh, the guava season has turned to be our, our flagship right now. So yeah, so yeah, a lot of South American products. Our plantain chips are brought from South America. There's some some stuff that we're bringing from South from South America. Yeah. Yeah. So like then on that, you have a beautiful tasting room. How many seats? How many seats do you have out there? And uh, and then you have a little kitchen as well to go with that. It's a it's a cold kitchen. So we have a license for sixty uh, people at the tasting lounge. Mm-hmm. So um, at any given point, we can fit sixty. But on the other side of the bar, there's sort of a waiting area that you can have a beer before coming in. Weekends are especially busy, but uh, any other time or day it would be very easy to come in and, and find a spot. Uh, and yes, we have a cold kitchen. When I mean a cold kitchen is you can't really f- deep, deep fry it or, or do any, any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But we do have, um, you know, stovetop and some uh, ovens and whatnot. And yeah, so we offer South American food, right? Mm-hmm. Ceviche is being number one. Uh, you know, three, four f- kinds of ceviche. And then we also have a vegetarian ceviche, which is a uh, mushroom ceviche for those mm-hmm. vegans, vegetarians. Uh, platachos, which is nachos, but instead of tortilla chips, it's plantain chips. Mm-hmm. And it's lovely. Yes. 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 You, can, you can add pulled pork and mm-hmm. a whole bunch of stuff. And then arepas. Arepas is the poor man's bread in, in South America and Colombia, basically. And, you know, you eat a lot of arepa instead of bread. Uh, and then you you put on top, you know, pulled pork or chicken or cheese or whatever you want to put. So we have some of that. Empanadas are big, of course. Mm-hmm. So we have beef empanadas and veggie empanadas as well. And a couple other things, cheap cassava chips and, uh, you know, it's, uh, some other minor stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was what was the struggle then of, of opening this place? And why did you choose East Vancouver here to open up then? I'll start with why did we choose East Vancouver? Yeah. It was exactly because of the other breweries. Uh, we wanted to be near the other breweries uh, to be able to capitalize on the fact that people would come and do tours and be able to go one or two or three. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be a destination brewery. You want to be able to be part of something. So we are part of East Van right now. And um, like a community of, yes. of breweries. Yeah. 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 And people yeah. don't want to go and stay, in my opinion. I don't, I don't think people want to go and stay at one, in one brewery all night. They want to go and stay a while, go try other beers. Somewhere. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that was the main reason. And the challenge is starting from trying to find the place, which took us about a year, find, trying to find a, a suitable place. You know, we were very close on, actually, we're in the bidding race or run with Strathcona, actually. Right. So there were two of us bidding for the same space, and um, obviously we lost. <laughs> Strathcona <laughs> yeah, yeah. is there now, but... Yeah. But, but you're the, still technically neighbors. So. We are neighbors, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, And then we had, right after that, we found this spot, and uh, um, yeah, we, we kind of fell in love with, with the whole style building, and mm-hmm. that's what we did, and we chose this this place. But, you know, construction brings a lot of challenges as, as well. Um, Cause, you know, because this isn't a new building, right? It's a, it's a it's 106 years old. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> and it's it's had a few adjustments in its time since it was originally built. So you got to clean that up. That's right? true. So, well, yeah. I'll tell you a little funny story. We were digging up in the in the lounge, 
first of all, we found three floors. So we did oh. one and then we dug another one and then we dug another one. And so they took the dirt out and all of a sudden there was another floor and then we cut it and there was a, three floors mm -hmm. uh, uh, underneath there. Uh, we finally got to the bottom of it and okay, so we, you know, we dug the hole, blah, 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 came the next day and it was full of water. And that was strange. So we got the water out, whatever you call it. And next day we'd come in full of water. Sure enough, there was a water leak from the main water coming from the city, right. the parking lot, big water leak. And so that was, that was $50,000. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, but now you got three floors as well. Yeah, you, like, exactly. Had, like, had yeah. Three floors. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, what you've done to the building, I mean, you can't miss it when you come driving past. It's a bright yellow building with, um, Very bright. which, which, and by the way, does, um, the woman that, uh, represents Andina Brewery. Uh, does she have a name? She does. It's her name is La Pola. La mm -hmm. Pola means. I'm sure you're going to ask me this. Mm -hmm. you know, yep. La Pola has two significance. The number one is she was a she was she was a lady who started the the revolution against the Spanish in Colombia. So she's okay. a, a what you call it a heroine or whatever in mm -hmm. the, in the Colombian history. Mm -hmm. And also Pola means beer. It's uh, it's sort of a slang for beer. So in Colombia, they say give me a Pola. So, mm -hmm. Her name is La Pola, just mm -hmm. because of that. Right. So, and yes, she's really big up front in the building. The building is yellow and very, very bright. And uh, like you say, you can't miss her. <laughs> she's big. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, how was uh, opening then? How are you received by the community? Like how, how were those first few days of opening? Uh, it was fantastic. I think that uh, it, it was well received. I think we had, um, I don't know if you recall, we were in the news, the global news that the day before. So that helps us a, a lot sort of. Mm -hmm you know, pushes for, and we had a lot of people come and visit us. The and, first it, and it was March, week. right? So it's, uh, yeah, it was yeah. March. Yeah. So it's, everybody's coming out of hibernation for the winter. Exactly. And like, yeah, it was, oh, we new were, brewery. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was packed for practically for the first three months. You couldn't get in, Yeah, which was good. I know. Yeah. But then I tried. <laughs> <laughs> then by, and then in other parallel 49 was closed. So there was not a really a lot of other choices with, with food and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, soon they open and then, you know, when everything went back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like, where does the brewery go from here? I mean, uh, you're packaging now and, um, mm -hmm. and so like how far in the province do you reach with your product? I would say, well, yes. So we have some packaged product, old cans. We have, uh, six core beer, five core beers and one seasonally comes out, which is a stout that comes out, um, in the winter. And, and also we're doing, uh, limited releases. Last year we did about four of them. Uh, this year we're planning on doing one, one per month. So between 10 and 12 this coming year. Mm -hmm. We started about four months ago on sell, selling on Vancouver Island. We have about 40 to 50 clients now out there. And about a month ago we started in the Okanagan area region, you know, Kelowna, Penticton, Lakeview country, Vernon, a couple others there. That's been really recent. So I think that's as far as we go. One store out in Abbotsford that really adamant of getting our product, but that's as far as we, <laughs> right. we go. Yeah. Cool. And then are you happy with the size? Are there like any expansion plans in the works for the tasting room or? Um, none, no, no plans uh, whatsoever. It's, it's more just, uh, we have space in the back. So as production ramps up, I think that we'll, you know, start getting more new tanks and it, it really depends on you know, what, what are the sales are, are looking for, 
you know, yeah. and and yeah, if if anything, it will be just new new tanks, and that's it. Yeah. No expansion of any and of any kind. No. Yeah. Yeah. And if uh, somebody was wanting to go down the path of opening a brewery themselves, what would be some advice you can give them? <sighs> wow. Um, I, I guess. Yeah, I think the one piece would be to get as much information as you can before you open from your fellow brewers. Don't be afraid of ask for for help. I was a little shy in asking for a lot of help, and and some of the stuff I had to learn by myself and learn the hard way. Where I could have gone to any one of the fellow brewers and say, "Hey, how do we do this?" and get you know a safe path. But that would be my advice. Just Get yourself as much information as you can about any questions that you may have with fellow brewers and people who've been in a, in a brewery. And because you, you want to avoid all those mistakes that we've done, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And if we can say, hey, man, just do this and do it this way, it'll save you a headache. It'll save you time. It'll save you a lot of that stuff. So that would be my number one advice. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time, sir. It's, thank you. It's been a great chat with you. Thank you. Same, same here. Big thanks to Andreas for his time. Really appreciate it. I'll be talking to their brewmaster in just a little bit. But before I get into the next interview, I just want to thank the BCL Trail real quick for making this episode possible. And you can check them out at the bcltrail.ca. There you'll find a map for a lot of the breweries in East Van, as well as a bunch of other breweries around the province of BC. There's recommended itineraries for local things you can do in different regions of the province. There's a blog with lots of great stories and a calendar of all the beer events that are going on around BC. So whether you're planning your next trip to visit us here in British Columbia, or you're just wanting to be a tourist in your own backyard, let the BC Ale Trail guide you to your next beer adventure. Arrive thirsty, leave inspired at thebcaletrail.ca. All right, part two of my interview with Andina, and I sat down with their brewmaster. My name is Ben Greenberg. I'm the head brewer at Andina Brewing. My favorite question to start off with is, how did beer find you? How did beer find me? Um, you know, I started drinking beer when I was a teenager and kind of always enjoyed it and liked, really liked seeing the progress of beer becoming more interesting. And in terms of making beer, it was, I've, I've always been a creative person. I've always liked making stuff. I, mm -hmm. I mean, I started my professional career as a graphic designer and art director and started homebrewing because it was one more thing I could make and kind of share. And it just, escalated to this mm -hmm. yeah so like what what was the big wow factor with beer was it like the flavor profiles or just food pairings because i'm, I'm just trying to find that creative spark there let me say um i mean at first it was just something different like everything i had ever made before really to put out there in the world was was a visual thing either art or design mm -hmm. and then it was just different and i found just so much satisfaction with the whole process. It wasn't even just the final product. It was each step of it. I really enjoyed doing. So, I mean, it really started off on just a, the hobby selfish level of it. I just had a lot of fun doing it. All right. So how did your first uh, homebrew go then? <laughs> I've, I've always joked that I would love to have a bottle of it still just to know. Cause in high, like at the time I was like, this is great. Yeah. It was a basic pale ale that was fine. I'm sure it was pretty under attenuated and lacking in hops, but it turned out okay. My second one was a, uh, was a stout. I did it on the stovetop and it 
was my first boil over and my last batch of beer done in my kitchen because that was quite the cleaning right. job. <laughs> right. So then what, what happened post kitchen then? Like, did you go uh, bigger, on? bigger system yeah. propane out in the garage and right. So then what it uh, drove you to like go down the, the route of beer? Like, cause oh, it's a career. Yeah. As um, a career. I had worked in a few different industries before that weren't full of the type of people that are in craft beer. Mm -hmm. So really it was the people involved that, drew me to it as much as doing the job itself. Uh, I've met so many amazing people, as you know, there's like people are friendly and helpful and it's community based and it's, it's wonderful. So and a lot of other creative talents as well. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So yeah, that's what really drew me to it. Okay. And so then did you have a dream of opening a brewery? Because like you didn't yeah. start here. Like, no, you know, no. So. so, I mean, professionally I started at uh, doing night owl brewing out of Callister and that was great experience, a lot of fun. And yeah, it was pretty amazing. And, and definitely I hadn't been there too long before I realized like I wasn't going to stop mm -hmm. making beer and working in this, mm -hmm. this uh, field. And I mean, you you get that instant feedback when you're at Callister, right? Like yeah. it's the, the, the brew house is basically next to the bar anyway. Yeah. So people will yell at you if your beer is not right. Right. So, yeah. And yeah. work behind the bar one day a week. So it was, uh, it was a great experience to be able to make the beer and then actually serve it and talk to people about it. Mm -hmm. People are pretty kind. It's definitely not, mm -hmm. it's a biased uh, feedback, but <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> but uh, you were focusing on a different style at that time when you were out of Callister, right? Like what, what kind of beers were you looking to do? So then I, it wasn't too, too different from what I like doing now. Like I like making hoppy beers and doing some fun fruit stuff and experimenting with stouts. I've actually kind of tweaked a lot of recipes and brought them over here. Mm -hmm. More sours here is the biggest difference. Okay. People love fruit sours. All right. So then how did you end up here then? So, uh, originally I was talking with Andy, the owner of Andina about contract brewing here and doing night owl here. And, uh, there wasn't the capacity or the space and he was looking for a head brewer and it was just a good fit. Yeah. Just put yeah. one and one together. And yeah. 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 What would you say the main theme of Andina is that you try to accomplish in every beer? The main theme, yeah, I I try to make beers that that are fun, that are, you know, ex exciting and new, but not crazy and, and different for different sake. I try mm -hmm. to make enjoyable beers for the season. I, mm -hmm. we've, you know, the owners are Colombian, so we use a lot of, a lot of South American and uh, ingredients and tropical mm -hmm. fruits. And I try keeping that in there, but at the same time, we are an East Vancouver based brewery. So mm -hmm. have some, uh, some appeal to the, the local craft beer drinkers and, mm -hmm. and they like me, you know, like, like hoppy pale ales and IPAs and mm -hmm. a lot of people are drinking lagers and the mm -hmm. sours for sure are mm -hmm. very popular. I mean, and I've hung out in this tasting room many a times. Um, I'd say that your beers are very approachable and just very, just enjoyable. There's nothing too overpowering about them. I find them all well balanced and, oh, thank you. and, you know, and those nice little experiment things, you know, it's like, Oh, cool. Like it, it's, it's not over the top with here's a ton of fruit <laughs> just <laughs> where the fruit's overpowering the beer at that point. Right. So, yeah, I yeah. like, I like when there's balance and it doesn't have to be subtle. Like it can be, you know, it can be a lot of fruit if there's a lot of other things going on. Mm -hmm. The guava Saison has quite a bit of guava in it, but mm -hmm. 
that uh, yeast character really comes through too. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, I try to do a balance. Mm-hmm. What's going on from here? Like, uh, like which direction are you wanting to take this thing? Are we finding a good groove at the moment or uh, are we going to be experimenting into into new areas too? Yeah, I'll be doing some more experimenting, kind of a combination of refining what I've done in the last uh, 14, 15 months here mm-hmm. and trying some new things. Uh, I'm going to try to barrel age a few different beers, stouts and saisons and whatnot mm-hmm. um, as soon as I have the time and the space mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, doing, uh, got some new fruit ideas for sours, got some collabs lining up. So going to try some stuff that's got some input from other brewers too, which is always fun and exciting too. All right. And then, yeah, where does your inspiration come from? Like, is there any locals that you turn to all the time for to see what they're up to? Yeah. And it, it changes regularly. <laughs> there's, it, there's a real, real wealth of amazing beer around here and it's mm-hmm. you know you can't i can't keep up with it all so mm-hmm. yeah well especially uh, in this neighborhood i mean you can't throw a stone without hitting a brewery it seems like there's yeah <laughs> there's a lot in this neighborhood yeah definitely yeah so i mean i've had some i don't even know where to start there's so many i could just give you a list for this entire <laughs> interview of great beers i've had recently this year i feel like i've had a really a lot of really good fresh hop beers, which I don't find every year. I find mm-hmm. they're kind of hit and miss, but they are, they've been pretty amazing. I just had bombers. Powell's was incredible this year and those are pretty good. So mm-hmm. maybe do a big batch of that next season. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, other great beers. I've had a couple great field house beers recently that I've really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. And if uh, somebody was wanting to make better beer themselves, would be some nice, good practical tips you could give them? Practical tips for making better beer. <laughs> Being meticulous with every process and, and note-taking, I find I cannot leave myself enough notes of what I did because mm-hmm. it's I'm not going to remember exactly what I did every step of the way, but every little detail makes so much difference. And, and having a good record of that helps so much for following batches Mm -hmm. cool well thank you so much for your time ben thank you yeah it's great to chat yeah great big thank you to ben and andreas for their time really do appreciate it and you gotta get down check it out it's a beautiful spot and you know like like we said in the interview you can't miss it bright yellow building down in east vancouver yeah it's uh it's pretty hard to miss but uh yeah definitely need to go in and check it out the next time you're in vancouver Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I do hope uh, you've hit subscribed if you haven't already. That way you'll never miss an episode. And uh, if you like this episode too, feel free to share it with your friends. Do you have somebody visiting Vancouver soon? Share it with this episode. You know what? I actually did just that well before this episode was released, but I gave some friends a heads up. They were in town celebrating a uh, a wedding anniversary and uh, said, hey, here's some breweries you should check out. Send them to the BCL Trail. And uh, they really liked it. So yeah, big thanks again to the BCL Trail for making this episode possible. If you want to follow us, you can on social media at facebook.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. We're on Twitter at Cascadian Beer and on Instagram at Cascadian Beer Podcast. You can also go to the website at Cascadian.beer. Thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. And until next time, remember, support your local.